Hello, lovers. It's your host, Kaylee Brooks, and this is Viscerally Me. Today, I want to share with you some thoughts around celebration. Celebrating ourselves, celebrating others, and the connection and correlation between those two things. So I was reflecting on the fact that because of my upbringing and what I learned to do as a survival strategy, the evolution of my becoming a people pleaser, I was just reflecting on how I learned to celebrate others before I could learn to celebrate myself. And it's only recently that I've learned to celebrate myself and my wins and to do so publicly, even if it's just um, with a friend, right? And of late, I've been in a practice of self-celebrating publicly on an open public platform, but it was a process to getting to that, right? This is an expanded version. Um, It was not my first step. And yet, there's something really beautiful and potent that happens um, in celebrating, right? When we cheer for each other, when we cheer for ourselves, when we're doing something challenging and we have people cheering for us, right? I'm sure we've all had moments where we were really scared or really nervous about sharing something or trying something new. Maybe the first time you can feel into was, I I know at least in my elementary school and middle school, we had like talent shows or even show and tell. And I feel like earlier on in elementary school, um, For a lot of us, we still might not have experienced a whole lot of shame yet. And so I feel like there's something really pure and innocent um, still in those younger years where we're just like, I think this is really cool. (laughs) So I'm going to share it with my class. And um, they haven't learned to really worry about what their peers are going to think, right? And then over time, we start to realize that like, Some people will make fun of us for what we wear or what we like to do for fun or what shows we watch or what games we play or what extracurricular activities we engage in. Um, And because we so badly want to be seen and accepted and a part of our community, we start to kind of whittle away these edges of ourselves, the parts that don't get as much applause or, um, or get outright bullying or, um, negative feedback around. And like a grain of sand becomes a pearl, like, you know, a a small snowfall can become an avalanche these things, these patterns continue and they pick up steam and they grow with us as we evolve and as we get older until there's some reason to address it or recalibrate. And I think it's really interesting to witness in ourselves 
where we are comfortable celebrating others and where we are not. How freely do we give enthusiasm and encouragement and excitement for the success of others? Because we might be really good at it around certain subjects, but not in others. Um, It may only be for our very close friends and family, but not for people we don't know. I think these are really interesting um, musings and ponderings and considerations to reflect upon and questions to ask ourselves because there's a lot of intel in there. Kind of tells us where our growth edges are. My coach, Courtney McNabb, um, brought something in that has really resonated with me and it was about the love you refuse to give is the pain you carry. So let's just breathe that in for a minute. The love that you refuse to give is the pain that you carry. And I feel like that ties in um, really well with something I realized in a moment of revealing um, some of my history and my stories with an intimate partner and feeling kind of like this pregnant pause afterwards and kind of realizing I was waiting to exhale and expecting kind of a barrage of judgment or um, an ask to prove or um, something like that. And when it didn't happen, it was the lack of it that I was startled by, right? And shortly after that, a big download came through for me around You know, that's just your truth, my love. They can't hurt you with your own truth. Which later built upon something else that came through for me, which was people can't hurt you with shame unless it's shame you already carry, right? So thinking about, you know, whether I, you know, had insecurities around my body, around weight gain or around weight loss, and somebody called attention to that. Like that would be triggering for me. I would get upset. I would be like, you're a dick. You know, that was such an asshole thing. Why do you have to do that? And the reality is, if I was at peace with that part of myself, it wouldn't have stung. I wouldn't have reacted. Um, at least not to the level of emotional flooding that I did, right? And so that ties into the love we refuse to give is the pain that we carry. So just really, I'm inviting you to just feel into that and see where that feels uncomfortable to even sit with or consider. Feel where you can see that maybe being true for you in certain areas where You're totally down to cheerlead your like BFFs, but anyone else doing the same thing or pursuing something similar who you don't have a personal intimate tie with, you might extend some shade, some judgment, or just a really neutral um, reaction to it. And I just want you to consider What if we saw everyone's success, any story that we come across, any 
you know, whether that be in a book or, you know, just scrolling on Instagram and seeing someone share something they're excited about or announce something that they are um, launching or pursuing or something they've just, an accomplishment they've just had, whether that be that they're pregnant or that they've just had a baby or they just got a raise or they just, you know, got a hundred K followers or whatnot. What if each of those moments were an opportunity to be like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. It's really cool to see people doing shit they love. It's really cool to see people pursuing things and getting the things they're pursuing. And what if that was the activation point to open up us to receive what we are hoping to accomplish, the goals we are hoping to achieve, the things that we want for ourselves? What if in a way this was a form of a manifestation practice or an abundance practice? Something to consider, right? You know, something random, but something that (laughs) rang true for me. And these little nuggets happen in the weirdest places at times. Um, This one in particular came from a Bud Light commercial. And it was around like superstitions. But the whole point of the advertisement was it's only weird if it doesn't work. Right? And I'm, I'm no big Bud Light super fan and I'm definitely not a sports fanatic in any way. (laughs) And yet that message landed for me in that what possible harm could come from celebrating others? What possible harm could come from wishing other people well on their pursuit of their goals, of their ambitions, of their successes? I can't really think of any. Can you? I mean, it takes a moment to to pause on a story and just be like, fuck yeah, man. That's really fucking awesome. And you don't have to send it to them. You don't even have to like the post. You could just take a moment and celebrate somebody else's success. And what if that unlocked yours? How does that make you feel to think about? Would you be willing to take on a challenge of even just one day? You know, for the next day, anyone that's sharing something they're celebrating, they've achieved, they're pursuing, I'm going to give a fuck yeah to them when I see it just in my head and just see how it feels. See how you feel at the end of the day. Do you feel depleted? Or do you feel inspired? Do you feel, you know, let down or bitter or uninspired? Or do you feel uplifted because you've, you've been noticing successes all day, achievements all day? You know, I think it's really interesting um, to play in the realms of we are the creatrix of our own reality. And 
I see these examples of this all the time and we have all these expressions and we kind of say them as platitudes and we don't really connect to the gravity of what's being said and that, you know, the whole thing around if, if all you have is a hammer, you'll think everything is a nail or something that gets said a lot is like, if, if you go out looking for a fight, you'll find one. (laughs) It's another good one, you know, and if that's true, and if the probability of that is likely, feels at least like there might be something to that, what if we flipped it? What if we went out into the world, whether that be on our screen, which is our biggest form of connection these days, or literally out of the house, out, of, out into the world, and or even just out of bed and say, Today, I'm going to look at everything through this lens. I'm going to look at everything for the abundance that is here. I'm going to celebrate everything I do have instead of focusing on everything I don't have. I'm going to try to see the beauty in every moment, see the bounty present all around me. What would happen? Why are we sometimes so averse to doing that? To me, it's really interesting to feel into these questions and just get to know myself better. Like, where are my growth edges? Where are my aversions? And again, like what brought me here to this podcast, it's like, it's one of the first things that came through when I thought, okay, swing for the fences. What is something I think I'd really like to do? Podcast dropped in hard (laughs) and fast and then I let it kind of just sit there you know and I eventually wrote it and put it up on my wall my vision board but it's been the thing that I've given the least attention to and I'm finding a bit of a connection into that right like I love the games around um kind of mental associations right and so where Someone asks you, like, okay, the rules of the game are you say the first thing that comes to mind when I say a word. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, in the context of that game, essentially it's like what my coach asked me. What's something you really want to do if there was no shame, story, financial burden, logical explanation needed? First thing that came through, podcast. Now, if I was out publicly sitting around a table or at a, you know, friend's house around a group of people, and if everybody had been like, oh my God, yeah, you should totally fucking do that. I would probably be like, oh no, I mean, it's just something like I, uh, I probably won't like, uh," right? Which connects me to another mantra that I've always um, held really dear. And that is the hardest thing to do is usually the right thing to do. And if we're here to learn and we're here to grow and expand and evolve, then the hardest thing usually is the right thing to do because our brain, our big, beautiful, innocent brain and our ego doesn't want change. It's still connected to the biological hardwiring that dates back to the origin of human beings, period, to when... There were saber-toothed tigers 
And, you know, we didn't go explore the left side of the mountain because we hadn't, no one had been there yet. And we don't know if there's a den of saber-toothed tigers over there. So until we set out the hunters and they explore and confirm that it's safe, no one goes over there, right? And so that biological hardwiring is still alive and well in our brains. And that with our ego, which always seems to feel on the defensive, always looking for a fight, (laughs) um, are really always on the lookout for danger to self, to identity. Um, That is the essence of the hardest thing to do is the right thing to do. Because what feels easiest to do is usually some version of something we've already done, right? With a slight moderate, like modification, but no big adjustments. The harder thing to do is to go, uh, go to a place you've never been, try something you've never tried, tried something you have no way to project or predict the possible outcome, the yield of the energy expenditure, right? So it's counter to that biological wiring, which is why we have such resistance to it. And I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on my Instagram and let me know how this lands for you. Um, But it's just been something on my mind tonight as um, I was pondering and reflecting and, you know, feeling into how, how we can quote unquote get in our own way and how that connects to, um, where we are comfortable celebrating others, right? Because I've found that, you know, I had this especially around Valentine's Day. I've been single for 10 years now. And Valentine's Day has always been a tough one for me, right? Because that's the commercialized love fest day. Show and declare your love with grandiose consumerism as a token of your love and affection, (laughs) Um, and actually this Valentine's day was the first Valentine's day that I felt, uh, free and clear of that way of thinking. And that was so beautiful for me, um, to collapse that old story, that old paradigm I held around it. Um, but previously, you know, I carried bitterness around Valentine's day. I mean, I also worked in the service industry for a very long time And for my fellow service industry people listening, we all know the shit show that is Valentine's Day, Valentine's weekend, sometimes even the whole damn week. (laughs) And it's really challenging to not get bitter by the end of it. So I see you. I'm with you. I love you. And I use that reference as well just to, you know, to try to connect and land in, um, what I'm trying to bring across here is that I would, you know, see couples and I would, I would find all these ways to kind of like pathologize it and criticize it and belittle it and all of this. And what that really was, what was really happening for me was my wound was showing. I was acting from wound. I was making those things silly or stupid or wrong or 
whatever so that I felt better not having them. So I felt better in not receiving that, right? Much like a bully. A bully is literally one of the most insecure people at the school because the people that are confident in what they're doing and their academic achievements or their sports achievements don't need to go beat somebody up to feel good about it or make tear somebody else down to feel like some big proud person right they already have that innately cultivated self-sourced within themselves and so I think there's a really interesting connection there to how we engage on social media and it ties into the capitalist consumerism patriarchy white supremacy as well and in various levels um but it also it's how we you know there's a modeled behavior pattern there as well right of being harshly if we're harshly critical to ourselves we're likely to be harshly critical outwardly and if we are not comfortable celebrating our wins we may find it really uncomfortable to witness people celebrating their wins or boldly broadcasting their achievements um, because it's just something we we're not in the practice of right but it's really interesting i was discussing with a friend earlier this evening around you know um, and it came up earlier in a post I was reading as well, but just really like the lack of attention and mindfulness around emotional labor and creative energy and creatives in general, right? Like as a makeup artist, I often got pushback, um, from, from people, especially around like hiring, um, like for a wedding or something like that, or a photo shoot. And I'd get asked my day rate and I'd tell them and I'd be like, for one hour? And it's like, well, you're not just paying for one hour of my time. You're paying for the curation of the skills that allow me to do the level of work that I will do for you in an hour, right? But that's counter to a lot of our culture. It's tied into the patriarchy with the fact that for thousands of years now, women's emotional labor has not been recognized as valuable as men's conquering and their brute force and their strength and their industries that they've built, etc. Where the men wouldn't have been able to go off and conquer nations if the women weren't at home homesteading, raising the children, tending the garden. And even in modern days, you know, um, you know, homemakers are the ones that are running the, the administrative tasks, the, the housework, the caring for the children, the pets. Um, and then there's the, in the traditional family values that the, the man comes home and expects, to have a hot meal and have his clothes laundered and the kids get put to bed and he gets to relax because he's worked hard providing for the family. And the, the woman's work and labor and emotional labor is not recognized as valuable. And I think it's really interesting that even when we think we're supporting someone like are we? What does support 
mean to you? What of what does being supportive mean? Is it not also celebrating their wins and showing up for them and letting them know that they're seen and that that their successes make you happy and that their being brave or their creativity inspires you to be brave and creative. And it's so interesting because you know, this is the the tricky part, and I think we're seeing a lot of this get triggered in, um, in politics right now between so much of what's going on with COVID and Black Lives Matter and police brutality and all of those things, is that there's a lot of pushback of like, well, that's not what I meant. And it's like, well, okay. And that's your intention, what you meant, what you intended to happen. It's only part of the equation. And, you know, whether I, you know, if I'm throwing a hammer into a dumpster at a construction site and I miss and I hit somebody in the head, it doesn't matter that I didn't intend to hit them in the head. I did. And now they're bleeding and they need to go to the hospital. And that wouldn't have happened had I walked to the bin and put it in the bin. And so my intention didn't stop this person from being injured. And I think it's really interesting in how we show up for each other and hold each other, witness each other to be mindful of those components of how am I supporting the people that I choose to support? And I mean, there's always a choice, of course. You know, it's up to you to know what you have bandwidth for, how much support you have to give. And I'm a big proponent of the, you have to put your oxygen mask on first, you know, before you can give to others. And the whole notion of giving from overflow, because if you aren't taking care of you, then you're, you're giving, you're kind of overextending, and then you're left with not enough to care for you. And then that's where resentment can come in. So I just wanted to reflect a little bit on that and kind of muse with you here and um, share what's been on my mind. You know, it's it's really interesting to navigate. And, and as I explore this new platform and share it and... Um, have triggered in me the, you know, I hope people like it. I hope people will show up. I hope um, people enjoy it. And I realize that I don't really have any control over that. And I feel very called to continue doing so. So I want to thank you so much for being here with me. And I hope you continue to join me here. I hope you're having a wonderful day, evening, afternoon, wherever this finds you. Know that you are never alone. I love you, and I'll see you soon.